Can I use this? This, yes. Oh, actually, Oh. Can you help me lift this, Greg? You can stay right there if you want. Okay. Pastor Travis, he's saying something about Oh, okay. uh, or you could do it afterwards. You want to do it afterwards? You could do it afterwards. Okay. Yeah, do it afterwards. Okay. Church, say amen. It is really good to be here once again for this wonderful fellowship. And I ditto what Pastor Travis has said. This is what heaven is going to look like. Amen. 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 I want to thank all of the members from Paradise for coming and Bright Star and St. Paul. And it's just good to be here. I've been looking forward for us coming again to fellowship with you all. And the scripture that you read is only a portion of what the message is coming from. And the thought on this message is, what will it take for you to be convinced by God to obey his commandments? And in this message, what came to me was, in our Wednesday weekly Bible study, we were studying the book of Leviticus. And we got to chapter 26. And we sat there, and the whole class kept going, whoa. Because the more you read into chapter 26, the more you saw what God was doing. Because the people were being disobedient. And so, as you read it, you will find in chapter 26 that you'll find more or double curses versus God's blessings. Look for an example. Verses 1 through 13, you'll find God's blessings for his obedience. But if you look at verses 14 through verses 39, you'll find where there are curses for being disobedient. So it has double. Being good is only 13 verses. But being disobedient, there's 25. That in itself caught everybody by surprise as we read this scripture. And so verses 40 through verses 46 deals with restoring through confessions of sins. But now here's the key. Here's what caught my eye. Verses 18, verses 21 Verses 23 to verses 24, verses 27 to verses 28 talks about how God's warning his people. And each one of these verses talks about how he increases his punishment seven times more. And I went, ouch. And, 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 and guess what, church? That in itself, the first warnings should have been enough. 
That should have been enough right there. But guess what? We today, church, are no different. Many people keep on making the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. And then we would turn around and ask the question, what will it take for them to learn their lessons? What will it take for people to come back and do what God says? For an example, what did it take for Pharaoh to let the people go? If you know the story in the book of Exodus, chapter 7 through chapter 11, you know the story. God sent Moses along with his brother Aaron to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. But Pharaoh said no. So God turns around and turns the water into blood. That would have done it for me. But no, Pharaoh still refused. He turns around, he, he puts the plagues of frogs, lice, flies, dead animals everywhere. Then on top of that, boils all over your body. Then comes hell, then comes locusts, then comes complete darkness for three days. And still Pharaoh refused. But what made Pharaoh change his heart? What made Pharaoh change his mind? What did, what did it take for him to say, take your people and go? The death of his firstborn son. It took that. And the question for us this evening is, what will it take for you to turn and do what God wants you to do? Look at Jonah. God told Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, to Nineveh. You got the word. <laughs> I want you to go and tell those people and warn them from me because they have been disobedient. You know the story? Jonah took off and ran the other way. And Jonah ended up in the fish, in the belly of a fish. He was there for three days. What did it take? Being in the belly of a fish. But then when he was, when the, when the devil spit him out, I'm not, when the fish spit him out upon dry land, God came back to him and said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And the Bible says he made haste. He got in a hurry. And he made it back to Nineveh. And the question again, church, is what will it take for you to do and obey God's word? And then our text is so clear. Obey, God will bless you. Disobey, God will curse you. And, and I have to read the scriptures. So that you, and I hope you, I'm going to use the New Living Translation, but you can read along with me. It says, verse th 1 through 13 says this, do not make idols or set up carved images or, scared, or sacred pillows 
or cultural stones in your land so you may worship them. I am the Lord, your God. You must keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commandments, I will send you the seasonal rains. The land then will yield its crops and the trees of the field will produce their fruits. Your thrashing season will overlap with the great harvest and your great harvest will overlap with the seasonal of planting grains. You will eat your field and live securely in your own land. What a blessing. Then he says, I will give you peace in the land. You will be able to sleep with no cause for fear. I will rid the land of wild animals and keep your enemies out of your land. In fact, you will cease, you will chase down your own enemies and slaughter them with your sword. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred will chase ten thousands. All your enemies will fall beneath your sword. I will look favorably upon you. Making you fertile with month and multiplying your people, I will fulfill my covenant with you. You will have such a surplus of crops that you will need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. I will live among you. I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I will be your God. You will be my people. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt so you will no longer be their slaves. I broke the yokes of slavery from your necks so you can walk with your heads held up high. What a blessing. What a blessing. But now, church, look at verse 14. King James says, but. (laughs) King James says, but. The New Living Translation says, however, if you do not listen to me or obey all of these commandments, and if you break my covenant, my rejection, my decrees, threatening my regulations, My contempt, my regulations, contempt, and refusing to obey my commandments, I will punish you. I will bring sudden terror upon you, wasting disease and burning fevers that will cause your eyes to fall. Then he says, verse 17 says, I will turn against you. And you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you. And you will run even when nobody's chasing you. All because you decided not to obey God. Verse 18 says, get this. 
And if, and if, in spite of all of this, you still disobey me, look at what it says. I will punish you seven times is over for your sins. I will break your proud spirit. By making the skies as unyielding as iron and earth as hard as brass. All your work will be for nothing. For your land will yield no crops and your trees will bear no fruit. Now look at 21. Look at 21. And even then you remain hostile. Wait a minute now. I just read 18. It says, in spite of all of this, if you still disobey, now here we come to verse 21, and he says, if you still remain hostile and refuse to obey me, I will inflict seven times more sins and more punishments upon you. Are you getting this? 18 says, I'm going to inflict seven times. Then 21 says, if that's not enough, I'm going to give you seven more times. And then if you look at 23 and 24, he says, and if you fall to fail to learn the lesson and continue your hostility towards me, then I will be hostile towards you. I will personally strike you with calamity seven times again. Wait a minute, that's three times, isn't it? And each time God said, if you still don't obey me, I'm going to put seven more upon you. And if you still are hard-headed, I'm going to put seven more on you. And if you're still going to be stupid and rebellion, I'm going to put seven more. The question is, church, what will it take? Huh? Look at, ver- look, at verse, uh, look at verse 27. And if in, all, if in spite of all of this, you still refuse to listen, still remain hostile towards me, verse 28 says, then I will give full vent to my, uh, to my hostility. I myself will punish you. There it is again. Seven. <laughs> there it is again. Seven times more. Church, what will it take for you to be obedient to the Lord? Good question, isn't it? Look around us today. We see disobedience everywhere. People nowadays don't even want to respect the authority of, the, of, of, of police anymore. People don't even want to expect the restore of the leadership in churches anymore. People don't even want to respect the authority of those who are, in, are over you on your jobs. And guess what? It's still the same question. What will it take for you to do what God wants you to do? And I have a question for us this morning that I asked myself. Where did all of this stubborn rebellious, disobedient attitude come from? Well, 
Many know what to do, but, but, but don't do it anyway. Why would a person steal? Knowing it's wrong to steal, but still go and steal anyway. Some think stealing is something to do. Some think it's just their right to steal. And to others, they feel like they're entitled to. And then there are those who have the attitude that, why should I work when I can just go and steal it? So where did all this come from? Satan, church, has a stronghold on their minds. And in spite of all people having different issues in their lives, what will it take for them to change their lives? In spite of, I heard that way over there. I don't know if y'all heard it, but I heard it. Someone hollered the Holy Spirit. Huh? In spite of people having heart attacks and doctors saying, change your diet and quit smoking. But what do they mostly do? Keep on doing the wrong thing. I know of a person that had throat cancer. Had a hole right here from the surgery. The doctor said, quit smoking. But he kept right on smoking. Brother Franklin, he will, be, he will take the smoke and blow it through here and laugh about it. But guess what? Because of his stupidity, he cut his life short. So as church, what will it take for you to change your ways? In spite of people having warning signs about drinking and Alcohol and drug use, in spite of making emergency trips to the hospital, refusing to change their lifestyle, in spite of toxic relationships, people remaining in the relationship saying, I love him. Still getting beat on, I love him. He loves me. But what would it take for them to come to the realization they need to get out of? That relationship. Young people, I see you in here. What will it take for you to learn your lesson? Mom takes the cell phone, take the car keys, turn off the laptop, no TV, no internet. What will it take for you, young people? To learn your lesson. Yet some still, in spite of all of that, won't obey. Church, there's, all this, there's always something going on in our lives. Always. There's either sickness, there's either financial problems, there's either unstable homes, that you can't keep a job. There's always issues. Maybe, church. These things are happening because God is trying to get your attention so that you can change your ways. Again, what will it take for you to obey God? Well, church, I want you to know that it's not too late. 
Verse 40 talks about, verse 44 and 44 says, God says, I will hear their repents. And that's the kind of God that we serve. He is a, he is a, he is a God that will always give us a second chance. And all of us sitting up in here right now, going through issues after issues, and wondering, what will it take? My question again, what will it take for you to change your ways and be obedient to the Lord? Look at what Christ has done. Christ died on the cross. But to some, that's not enough. Christ went in the grave. But to some, that's not enough. Christ rose from the grave. But to some, that's not enough. Christ ascended to heaven and said, I'm coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. But to some, that's not enough. What does Christ have to do to convince you that he loves you? What does Christ have to do to convince you that you need to give your life over to him? What will it take, church? Christ has healed our bodies. He has protected us from all harm and danger. All of us in here right now have a roof over our heads. He has opened doors that no one can close. And a friend from Baltimore sent me this, and I'm quoting him. He said this. He says, Jesus healed the sick without the benefit of a medical school education. He said, Jesus Raise the dead without the benefit of a mortician's license. He said, Jesus uh, restored broken relationships without a degree in psychotherapy. He said, Jesus fed the multitudes of people with no training in culinary arts. Huh? And then my friend said, Jesus opened the blinded eyes without an ophthalmology degree at all. They took some spit, threw it in the ground, mixed it up, put it on his eyes and said, go over to the water and wash. Hallelujah, church. Wow, what would it take, church? What would it take for you to, 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 to when you have a God who serves like this God? He's a wonderful counselor, Isaiah says. He's the prince of peace. He's the everlasting father. He's the king of kings. He's the king of glory. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. But what will it take for you to believe all of this? And I'm going to close with this. Tell you what it took for me. Okay? All of us got something in here. That whatever it's going to take for us, it's going to make us either reject God and continue doing what we're doing and he continues to add more upon us. Or we're going to realize that we need to quit trying to negotiate with God and serve God. What it took for me to be where I am today in this ministry was my own daughter. She had a health issue. 
We knew something was wrong, but we didn't know what it was. About 10 years old, the doctors went and did a test, and they determined what the issue was. They wanted to do one more test so that they could determine their dosage of medication they were going to have to give her because the medicine was so strong for her young body. She had to go to the hospital and lay in the bed and put some things on her head to monitor her sleep and her brain waves and all of that. At that time, Sister Pat, I've been running and been disobedient to God by becoming a preacher. I kept saying no. I kept running. I kept hiding when I should have been up here years ago. But when my daughter took sick, and they had to go to the hospital and do this brainwave test. By myself, in my house, I said, Lord, if you heal and touch my daughter's body, I'm going to stop running. I will preach your word. I will carry this and tell folks that you are alive and real. So, Mother came home from the hospital. She was smiling. I said, what, 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 what? Because we had a younger daughter. I had to stay home with her. They found nothing wrong with her. I said, huh? And they said, what they also did, they went back to redo the test because this test should have confirmed what they previously found. But they went back and they couldn't find nothing wrong then. What they had before was no longer there. And I said, that's it. Mother said, what are you talking about? So I told her, I said, this is what I said to God. And her next question out of her mouth was, what are you going to do? I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach. And I went down to my pastor, the late Reverend Dr. J.A. Bowles, and I told him what I had done. And he said, I know. Because you should have been preaching a long time ago. God had already revealed it to him. So what did it take for me was the physical problem of my daughter to get me to be where I am right now. And the question for you today is, what will it take for you? What will God have to do to you to get you to obey him? That's the question. You saw it. You read it seven times, seven times, seven times, seven for being disobedient. I don't want that, and I'm sure you don't want that. That is the word of God. Let us bow. Lord, we do thank you. Thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that it be food for our spiritual souls. Lord, we pray that we just not sit here and hear, but Lord, do what it says. Help us to realize that you are the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you in Jesus' name. And somebody here who does not know Christ as your personal Savior, Pastor Travis gave me permission to do this does not know Christ as your personal Savior, we invite you to come and accept him. What will it take for you 
to realize that Christ died for your sins? What will it take for you to accept him as your personal savior? Because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And we're going to either one or the other. Is there one that would like to do so? You can raise your hand and we'll see you. Is there one? God bless you and may God keep you.